Hi, I'm Dougie Cameron, and you're listening to Glory Days of Gold. Lord Provost Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course better, all conquering East Fife. As I made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road To sing my songs for the boys in black and gold I heard the stories about 1938 And I was just a boy and knew I'd have to wait there's broken dreams and what might have been at that stadium by the shore But those glory days of gold might return once more Hello, hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Glory Days of Gold, your East Fife and Scottish football Cup podcast and maybe a bit of World Cup as well these days, who knows? You'll probably tell from my non-hybrid Scottish-Canadian accent that it's not Michael McCall hosting today. It's yours truly, Lee Gillis, joined by the usual, I'll not say gruesome to some, but the the usual suspects. Good evening, Gordon Henderson. Good evening. And not having an Arabian night or any other sort of night, I'd imagine. Maybe a, a happy one if Senegal do the business. Doug Perry. Hello, everyone. I'm having a... Yeah, a non-Arabian night in sunny leaving. It's great. And good know, to be back. I know where you'd maybe rather be. Um, I'd imagine it's definitely better for your bank balance being in Saudi Arabia and probably for your mental health because you're not freezing your balls off. Yeah, th- th- this one was, yeah, it was a good week for me. Um, but Saudi Arabia's crap. Don't go there. Um, no? Is, is it a fr- no, there's nothing to do. Crap. Can't drink. I mean... Anthony Joshua's been over there fighting, and the WWE's been there. You've got the new Live Golf yeah. Tour. I mean, surely, yeah, I think they, I surely think they that's more, to go. Yeah, they get a lot more money than me, though. To be fair, so fair play, yeah. fair play. No, no, I wouldn't. Uh, I, I'm not going to advocate myself as a new member of the Saudi Arabian Tourist Board. Don't go, you folks. Could, you couldn't manage to secure us some investment so we could have like visit Saudi on our uh, shirts from next year and get yeah. like a hundred million a year for it or <laughs> like that. No, no take I'm me going with back. you the next time. I'll see what I could do. Okay, I'm going back in February, so I'll give it. I'll give it. A, I'll give it a try. Yeah, I, I appreciate that a lot. So, yeah, I mean, we've we've not been um, really talking to you guys much since after the the Stirling Albion game. Um, we put out a little poll on Twitter to see if you wanted to hear us droning on about the World Cup, and it was a narrow defeat. Um, it was a fifty-five to forty-five split. They didn't want us to talk up um, do, do a World Cup show last week, and that was absolutely fine by me because it means I just got to relax and enjoy the games and give my shite opinions to my wife as we watched them together. So that was totally what, fine. What I, what I enjoyed about that was that um, I mean, technically, it's a bit of a kick in the stains, but I also <laughs> voted no. yeah I mean absolutely fair I could totally understand that I could totally understand that however um, speaking of kicking the stains we're here to talk about um, East Fife's uh, game versus Annan Athletic yesterday and a game that I kind of felt like a lot of people went into with a bit of optimism and kind of thought that you want to walk we're, we're going to have three home games and I don't know why considering how wank our home form has been but we're going to go into three home games on the trot with a a really um, good bit of, I would say form, but we've not been playing well, but we've been playing some good football. Um, before we go into that, though, Doug's very kindly reminded me that I need to talk about the sponsor. So here's the this week's sponsor. East Fife Community Football Club is proud to sponsor Glory Days of Gold. Keep up to date with all our community programmes through our Facebook and Twitter pages. There are classes available for every age and ability, from toddlers to walking football. Just search East Fife Community Football Club. May's Mortgages are Fife-based mortgage and protection specialists. Our aim is to provide our client with high-quality, personal and friendly service. Our advisors have over 25 years of industry experience and have an outstanding record for sourcing our clients the products that suit their needs. Where we're different though, unlike many other brokers, from start to finish, we won't charge you a penny. Contact us via Facebook to find out more. 
And thanks as always to East Fife Community Football Club and to Maze Mortgages. Continued support has been massively appreciated by us. Um, not due to the fact that I did kind of forget to do that there, but it's normally Mike's job, so please forgive me. But yeah, I mean, just to, to, to catch back up on that fact, we've been playing some, some nice football. We had a decent runoff of results just as Greg came in, but since he got the job, it's, it's been a bit tumultuous with a couple of draws and that's three defeats now on the bounce. And yesterday was probably, for me, the worst of the lot um, since since Greg came in. Um, I, I think I tweeted after the game that I felt the performance was pretty gutless, um, that there wasn't that same drive that's been there from a, a Greg McDonald team. But what was your assessment, Doug? Oh, it was um, it was pretty bad. It was it was kind of a bad day all round. Um, you know, I got to sit pretty near Gordon, which was nice. Um, it was freezing cold, and there was some real feral young girls behind me who were screaming in unbelievable sort of weird noise. Pretty much the whole game, um, which made it less enjoyable. And obviously, the product on the park was not good. It was funny actually. I was going up to the walking up to the game obviously with the news that Baldi wasn't in the squad. And I was just thinking to myself, not, not semi-jokingly, but I wonder if we're just a one-man team just now. And I, I left the game going, oh God, we maybe, well, we certainly looked like it yesterday. It, it, was, it was not good. It was not good. Gordon, anything further to, to add to a, a fairly brutal assessment from, from Doug there? Yeah, I mean, I think not good sums it up pretty well. Um, you know, the the thing that we've talked about before, first half, we conceded within the first, what was it, six, seven minutes. We kind of got ourselves back into it, actually. You know, first half, we could have been two nil down with the penalty, but, you know, we, we kind of got ourselves back into it. And I think maybe around that half time point, you thought, oh, hang on, Annan aren't very good either, like, we're playing all right. Maybe we can go and take this. Second half, we'd considered another soft goal within five minutes again. And from that point on, it just it just had this real feel of we're not getting back into it. We never looked at any point like we were going to get back into it. Um, you know, really failed to take control of the game, didn't defend properly, didn't really create chances apart from, you know, a couple and... Um, really poor I think this was the poorest we've played in a long time uh, definitely you know the run that we're on and, and we kind of think we said last time there's positives you can take from some of these defeats but yesterday don't really think there's any positives to take um, yeah we're missing Joe Baldi but we should have been better than that without absolutely you can point to a lot of a lot of players and say that they made mistakes. They didn't have particularly good games. Um, yeah, just disappointing. I thought my my worry, Lee, was Annan didn't look like they had to go a second gear to win that. I mean, it was, do you know what I mean? It wasn't like they were unbelievable. Really, they, they weren't at all. But it it was quite, I think they'll come away from that thinking that was a really routine, easy away victory, which is, I don't know, it shouldn't be the case. No, no disrespect to Annan. No, I mean, like, Without, without boasting too much, but we're by far the bigger club, really. Um, I mean, they literally had, I think, one or two away fans yesterday, um, which was very strange. And the atmosphere at Bayview was not very good at all yesterday, I kind of felt. The, the ground looked pretty empty. I think the, the, the attendance was announced as 450-odd. And, I mean, that's a, a, a decent attendance for, for us, considering no away fans. But, I mean, any new fan that, that, that turned up to watch his fight yesterday would be going away saying, well, I'll, I'll be sticking my, my £18 and my skyrocket and, and not coming back to watch that. But I, I kind of want to break down the goals because I feel like time and time again, we're, we're lamenting the, the, the same things over and over again and we're not defensively good enough. I said again this week that I feel that our goals seem to come from the same sort of issues where our full-backs push too far up, they expose, leave too much space exposed behind. Any scout watching these five will just uh, wait till the full-back pushes up, put the ball in behind, 
then you've got a chance to, to cut in and score. And that's what happens every time. We, we can't cut out a cross ball. We can't defend when the ball is out on the flanks. Um, and even then, you know, we're, we're probably open to a lot of individual errors, even at that sort of opportunity. I mean, Steele, who's been so good for us, gave away another penalty. Um, or, or gave away a penalty yesterday and I don't think he could have too many complaints having watched it back again it was soft but I, I think it was Kier, was it not Kieran Miller? I thought it was Steele it was, it was Kieran Miller yeah I'll I, I retract that back again I'm very blind uh, but the penalty is given away regardless again it's, it's, it's a silly one to give away Fleming makes the save um, but I mean, you guys must be as frustrated as me, right? We're conceding the same goals over and over again. And by the way, I'm not even going to say this is a, a Greg McDonald thing. This isn't a Stevie Crawford thing. This was from Darren Young as well. At the end of his tenure, that our, our fullbacks were were just being exposed constantly. And I feel like I've been saying that for two years on this podcast, that we need to address that. And it's not good enough. A uh, fullback has certainly been a problem for us. I mean, we, we've talked about left-back for literally years now. Um, but the full-back positions have been a big problem for us. I mean, if you look yesterday and, um, you know, we talk about, we've talked about Scott Mercer a lot in the past. I thought yesterday, going forward again, he was, he was decent, he was good. Um, you know, a lot of the... A lot of the more dangerous attacking moves that we had involved him, absolutely. But there is there is a weakness defensively. Um, but also, if you look at the second goal, you know that came down our right side. Now, this is not just pinning the blame on Scott Mercer because I think he was way up the park. Now, you want fullbacks to go way up the park, but it, it was one one at that point. If a fullback pushes that high up the park, someone's got to cover that. Maybe not going right into the right back area, but someone's got to look for that ball out wide left. And when I, when Annan got the ball in our right back position, there was nobody there. And you know, Murdoch clearly isn't that comfortable on the left because he's so right footed. And you know, it was just another game where you think that's a massive area of weakness for us defensively yeah. in the wide areas. I think when you look at like you look at that first goal, and it's so simple, it's frightening. It's literally Murdoch's got Tony Wallace and whoever it is, Denham's got the wee uh, mullet boy, I think it is. And literally Wallace just passes it in him and then makes a run and Murdoch just leaves him. And it's so easy. Like there's no they're not talking to each other about like swapping and take it was just like Murdoch. Uh, Wallace passes the ball, starts running, Murdoch just leaves him, and he just goes in and scored. The second one, like you say, it was so frustrating because it's 20 seconds after we had a really good chance to take the lead, but Keeley, and which was we were saying at the time, it was actually a really good save because he did most things right. But when you see it in the highlights, Mercer's on the halfway line when Keeley gets the ball, so he's not that high up the park. 20 seconds later, he's putting in a tackle at left midfield. And then the, he doesn't win the tackle. Surprise, surprise. The ball goes out to where he, where he should be and they score. It's almost like we just don't get back in a position when we've lost the ball. It's weird. Like, it's just too easy. Almost every goal we lose is in between a centre-half and a full-back yeah. on either side. I thought Murdoch was terrible yesterday. Like, really, really poor. His distribution was awful. And he, but, he's in a, but again, he's not a left-back. If you're going to do that, you have to put Murdoch at right-back and Mercer left. You have to. Because I think Mercer's slightly more adaptable to play left back, which I just don't see. I don't see why um, Murdoch's at left back. I, I don't get it. We've talked about the Williamson thing till we're blue in the face, but the, there's something fundamentally just wrong about the basics of defending there but with all of them. And it's it's taken a toll on the two centre-halves because they're getting split and something spread so wide to cover these positions that they're getting caught out and when you've got like the big guy up front and the boy Goss, you know, he's winning every header. I thought he was really good yesterday, won every header, and we just didn't deal with him at all. And it was so easy for them. So, I mean, here's here's some stats for you. And this is the our last clean sheet was the game against St. Johnston B at home. We've not kept a clean sheet since. 
that's a, that's a frightening stat. That's when Michael was over from Canada. Okay, so that you're talking August, September time. Not a clean sheet since then. Although I thought maybe um, Forfer, the one nil at Forfer was after that, but um, no, because that was that was the Saturday before, and then Michael um, was there on the Tuesday. So, so we conceded three at Annan, three at Stirling, three against Albion Rovers, two against Steny, one against Elgin, two against um, two against Steny again, one at Bonnie Rig, one for, one against Forfar. Um, two against Sterling, two against Arbroath, two against Steny, two against Annan, one against Dumbarton, um, and two at Stranra. So we've scored four goals in our last three games. Um, in fact, no, I'll come back to that in a minute. But I mean, really, we are a guaranteed stick on for uh, both teams to score every week. It's so funny, a guy that I carry with who knows absolutely nothing about Scottish football said to me the other week he's like oh I'm loving East Fife just now I was like why he's like oh both teams to score every week it's a guarantee and yeah. I was like alright and didn't even really think about it but yeah absolutely yeah so stick on again so it's, you know they're absolutely bang on and my mates message me all the time I'm just to stick us on for both score no draw because we'll either win and both teams score or we'll lose in <laughs> both score no draw but I mean, yeah, I mean, you're bang on, um, gents, about the, the goals that we're conceding. And what worries me is, is, and I think I said it in the last show, is that I feel we really miss an experienced head in that defence. We really do. And it shows how much Higgy actually helped us last year, despite maybe not have, being his top version of himself, but he obviously talked steel through a lot of games and then maybe Murdo or, or Merce as well on top of that. But Murdoch's looked a mile off the pace all season. Yeah. I think the Higgins thing's absolutely bang on because it's. I don't think it's even necessarily about his central defensive partner. I think it's a case of saying to, you know, the fullbacks, right, you know, you need to be here. You're not, you know, yeah. basically you've lost the ball, get back here, don't worry about the ball, get yeah. in a position. Just have a starting point for because we're it's it, it's so easy and there's not, there's no talking on the pitch because I, I noticed... Uh, I, I'm only assuming that Mercer was captain those first couple of games because Murdoch was out. But yeah, nobody speaks. There's no the only sort of voice you hear is generally Fleming. I, I said word for word that yesterday, um, and look, like we're not here to dig players out. We could only say what we see, and I, I want to make that clear that it's, it's not personal against these players. But I mean, ultimately, we severely lack a leader. There's nobody for these young boys to look up to. At a moment where they've gone 2-1 down, I had a look around yesterday and every single one of their heads were down. There was nobody going, right, lads, come on, back in, blah, 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 blah. Just a, a real experienced pro alongside them that's going to go, right, we need to take this to the next level. That's where you're looking at your Trout-ins, your um, Shivoni, not your, your Trout-ins, your Mercers or your Murdochs to really guide us through it. And but I think they're naturally yeah. quite quiet characters, though. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? I, I would never see... An Al, I would never have signed Alan Troughton thinking he's going to be vocal and yeah. thinking Mercer. You never even... You barely see him speak on the pitch again, not on the go at him at all. He's, that's just, you know... And even Murdoch's the same. They're not... Miller's the only one maybe that, you know, would sometimes speak up, but it just seems... It just seems... Real, but we've had that problem since... Not just Higgins, like the Tweed days. We've always had a talker, you know, someone who's good there. And it's it's all very well seeing Fleming, but it's pretty hard for him when he's yeah. in the goal, you know what I mean, yeah. really. Yeah, and even in seasons gone by, you think of boys like Daryl Meggett, like him or not, Mark Doherty, um, Kev, you know, these guys that you do hear on the pitch constantly communicating with other players, and that's not happening. I mean, Greg must be a little bit concerned going into... The, the next couple of games because I mean the, the Annan one for me was probably one of the more winnable Bonnie Rigg next week three points has to happen we, we can't even accept a draw because we're real risky being pulled down towards that quicksand that's that's rapidly forming between us and then we've got Stranraer at home as well Stranraer are playing decent just now you know mm-hmm. um, and when we were down there actually they weren't great but they weren't terrible either they're one of the better teams that we've seen Forfar now hitting form uh, with bringing Ray McKinnon in. 
So these teams below us are starting to gain momentum just as we are starting to fall off a little bit. So, you know, the, I, I understand fans yesterday being a bit like, oh shit, but I think let's just try and calm it down a little bit. You know, I, I knew this would happen where like there was fans around me yesterday now saying, oh, Greg should never have got the job, blah, 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 blah. That, that's always going to happen, right? I, I get it. These would be the same ones that wouldn't be saying a word if we were playing really, really well. But Greg, for lack of a better expression, he's going to piss with the cock he's got. He's, he's, he, this is a squad that he has. Guaranteed he'll have to take partial responsibility for helping recruit them. But largely, this is Cross ethos of, of bringing and recruiting younger players. And I know that Greg says that's his as well. But ultimately... I do feel like Greg might be a little bit less stubborn than what Crawford would be in the fact where he, I think he would maybe be, see if things weren't working that he would maybe make a change. But, you know, people yesterday as I'm leaving the game are like, we need a big experience centre-half, we need this, we need that, we need this, we need that. We do. But they're not going to be available in January. And as if, as if Greg McDonald doesn't also know that, he absolutely knows that. I mean... Doug, you were saying at the game yesterday about about Tommy Goss. You're like, we'd love to have a player like that. You know, he would make a big difference to our team. Of course, we would. Greg McDonald will see this. He'd love to sign uh, an experienced, solid centre half who's going to take charge of the team. Of course, he would. But the same thing as well. You know, when we won, when Greg came in and we won a few games in a row. I mean, football fans are always. It's always the same. Every club, every, everyone gets it. Everyone's guilty of it. We win a few games in a row and suddenly you're thinking, all oh, right, we're into the playoffs. Can we even start catching Dumbarton and Sterling? That's nonsense. At the same time, we've lost a few games. It's not the end of the world. I mean, the Bonnie Rig game is big because we were saying at the game yesterday, you know, Bonnie Rig are starting to sink. Uh, but we are not too far ahead of them. And we've really got to keep a bit of distance between us and them. We can't let them get within touching distance of us because I think they're the team that you really got to you know pin your hopes that they're just going to be shit um, so next week is massive I think you've got to you've got to look at our league table still and go you either look at it and go oh it's worrying we're only five points off bottom but you also go you win the game in hand on team above you and you're in the playoffs so it's not you know it, I'm not I, I, I'm not Straight away saying we're going to win the next two. If we did, we're probably eight points off bottom minimum. Do you know what I mean? And and more comfortable in that sort of top four area. The 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 Goss thing yesterday was brilliant. There was people around me who, when he was getting substituted, was basically sort of semi laughing him, calling him, he's saying he's terrible. And I was like, oh, I'd, I'd swap him for Scott Shepherd right now. Like, no offense to Scott Shepherd, right now. And, he, and they were like, ah, he was terrible down when we played them there as well. And I was like, but didn't he score two against us down there? He was like, fantastic when we played them down there. Unbelievable. He, he missed a barrel load of chances as well. Oh, and no, he, he he, he, hold on, hold on, let me preface that, right? The guy's clearly a player. He looks like a Neanderthal, right? But he is definitely a player. And I mean, that header he missed yesterday yeah. was awful. I mean, that is miss of the season. But he's one of those players that maybe needs five or six chances, but I'll score two of them. Whereas how many chances do we create? And, and this isn't a, a, a dig at Scott Shepard, who I really, really like, and he'll probably get a point from me in my three, two, ones later on, but he's not a natural finisher. Goss is a finisher. But and I he's think big and he's physical. You, what he gives you is that out ball. And he, as he won every single header last uh, yesterday, every yeah. single header. And it means that, if you've if you know that's happening, you can get someone right up with them, which they did with the wee Australia. I kept calling him Australian. I don't even know who he is. Yeah. The wee guy with the mullet. He looked like a Aussie rules player. But do you know what I mean? He could get right up alongside him, knowing he's going to win the flick-ons, and it just gets you up the park. And we we we've not had that since Juker, really. Yeah. That kind of player. But there's not well, many. Jack Hamilton was like that. Jack Hamilton. Yeah, was like we had him for like four games or something. It wasn't. No, terrible. I still miss him. Okay. Oh, no, I miss him too. We all miss him, Lee. Exactly. And um, just, just in case you haven't seen the, the league table as it stands, Dumbarton are top on 34 with Sterling Albion on 30. Um, you've then got Elgin City in third on 25 points, Stranra 
on in fourth place in 23. Uh, the Mighty Kings of Methyl are fifth on 21. Stennis Muir are sixth on 20 points. Um, Annan Athletic are now on seventh and 20 points. Albion Rovers are eighth on 17, and Bonnyrigg and Forfar are um, joint bottom on 16 points. I mean, we are sitting in fifth with a uh, minus one goal difference. Stranraer are in fourth with a minus four goal difference. I mean, really, the goal differences are are very marginal, apart from the top two, um, Dumbarton and Stirling Albion on, on 12 and 15, respectively. So the, the league is, apart from your top two, your league's tight. We said it was going to be tight all season. And again, I think it's important at this point you don't get carried away. It was only a few weeks ago when, when Greg came in and we won however many games it was in the bounce and we played some, some really good football and stuff. And, and fans were saying, oh, I definitely fancy us for playoffs. But all of a sudden we, we hit a little dip in form, which is always going to happen. Fans are saying, oh, no, we could go down. You know, I, I, I don't think we'll go down. I really don't. We might finish eighth. We might finish seventh. We might finish third. You know, it, it can happen. It's a, it's a tight league, but I think it is really important that, pardon the awful cliche that we stick together and, and back the team, then we need to hope that, that Greg's got a robust plan in January. The thing is, Lee, if you, if you think about Greg's interview with you guys, I mean, he even said it, that, you know, with a group of young guys like that, you're going to have little runs of games where everything's going well and they're flying confident and that there will be runs where we're not. Also... Going back to yesterday, such is the fickle nature of this league. I reckon if Healy scores that goal, we probably win. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And it's that—it's the small margins. If we'd got—if we'd gone two one up there, I would have definitely fancied us to win. And that's where it's—you know—you you are coming away from it going, "Oh, we were crap and we got beat." But it's not like—it's not like you were blown away. Do you know what I mean? That's only really happening that. And that as well. Dera misses an absolute sitter in that game. Yeah. Healy, Healy, it was a good save, but I'm looking for him to finish that. I know it was a tight angle, or where's the centre forward with the support to, to even square that to what my friends would refer to a FIFA-like scummy goal where you cut back and your player just blasts it in the back of the net. Um, so you, we had those chances, but I mean, that goal where they just ran at the park for the second immediately after and knocks the stuffing out of us. I knew at that point it, it was game over and there was no coming back. But I just want to address yesterday, yesterday um, and I'll come to you first on this, Gordon, is actually the style of play. And it's not the sort of free-flowing, attacking football that we've seen. And it seemed very route one. I mean, the amount of times that I've seen a ball long uh, lofted up, particularly by Stuart Murdoch, up to Shepard. Shepard goes for the header. He either gets it and it doesn't go to anybody because there's nobody near him or he loses the header and we're immediately out of possession. I, I do wonder two things. One, if that was the, the, the game plan, or two, if it was just complete lack of creativity and it shows how much we, we missed that link between the defence and the attack with Joe Baldi. I think it was probably the second. I don't, I don't think that's what we were meaning to do. Um, you know, I was thinking about this earlier and... You know, I mentioned before, I thought you know, I thought Jack Healy had an all right game. Um, you know, he was his usual kind of lively, kind of active, looking to take men on, looking to make things happen. So that was that was a kind of that was an avenue that we had. I think we missed we missed Baldy. And I don't think I don't think Liam Newton is, you know, he's playing on the left and he's not going to offer anywhere near the same attacking threat. He's not going to go on runs. You know, I think someone yesterday, it's like, you know, the Aaron player stands in front of him and he'll try and make a cross-field ball. So we're we're kind of running into a blind alley there. I thought it wasn't one of Ferguson's best games. I'm, I'm still not convinced that Troughton is particularly able to play the kind of number 10 role that he seems to be in yesterday. So you're looking at that and thinking, right, these are the players that you want to have a bit of creativity to create chances and you know whether it's just you know they're not playing in the right position they're having off days a bit of both you can see it just wasn't really happening yesterday um, and I think when you're not playing well when you're struggling when you're down I think it's just that kind of thing of 
we don't necessarily panic in a bit, but running out of ideas, just, just throw a ball up, see if something happens. Um, and yeah, Annan dealt with that pretty well, to be honest. But then you look at our bench yesterday and the options there are so sparse. I mean, we, we, we seem to just give Taylor Stephen his token 20 minutes. He comes on, doesn't really contribute anything, and that's it. I mean, if Shivoni's fit enough to be on the bench yesterday, get him some minutes in his legs. Um, I was trying to think who else was on the bench yesterday. Lucas Williamson, who he, he went out to warm up yesterday, and I actually thought, oh, maybe he's he's going to come on and we'll get to see. Because, I mean, from what I've seen of him, he, he looks pretty good going forward. So why not just bring him on? If, if we're going to play with full-backs, why not just... Just play him. I know we've had this argument to we're blue in the face, but it, it, it does still baffle me. The rest of our bench yesterday was Shivoni, Slattery, Williamson, Liam Parker, Reese Beveridge, and, and that's it. I mean, we are very, very weak on the bench. Obviously, we've got Conor McManus still to come in, uh, Rabbi Nomar to come back, Brogan Walls to come back, um, and I feel like I'm missing somebody, but uh, Scott Gallagher as well. So we've got other players that will come in but I, I, again apart from maybe Brogan Walls who would but who do you bring Brogan Walls in for do you bring him in for for Ferguson or do you bring him in for Miller I don't think you want to bring him in for Miller because they're very different types of players I think that, that's going to maybe be leaving us really exposed a wee bit I mean more so than <laughs> Well, I mean, aye, more than at the moment. I think the position Miller's playing is the obvious kind of, maybe the obvious position for him. And it's not necessarily to say that Miller deserves to be dropped, but um, I don't know whether, you know, you, you could also look at playing one of them a wee bit further forward. You know, the, where Troughton's playing at the moment, like I said, this kind of number 10 sort of role, I don't really think that's working. Um, yeah. I don't know if someone else can kind of play that a little bit. I don't know if they want to change the shape a little bit, but yeah. at least to me, pre-season looked good enough that you want to try and fit them in somewhere. So I'm thinking about my Christmas shopping, right? And if I was Greg McDonald, like what what do I want under the tree for Christmas, right? And you know, I don't know well enough to to actually know what he would like in his personal life, but. If you're thinking about the way that we're set up just now, you know, you want Ferguson in your team when he's playing well. You want Kim Miller in your team when he's playing well. You probably bring in Brogan Walls. Liam Newton potentially drops out. Um, and then you're looking at your front three. Now, Scott Shepard, for me, has got to be one of the first names on the team sheet. I think he brings a lot to the team in terms of his effort, running, desire. I mean, the amount of chances he's created for himself, just with his speed and his willingness to get on the end of uh, a wayward pass is unbelievable. Shivoni for me, I, I, we don't tend to win a lot of games without him starting. So there must be something in there for him. So, I mean, do you take Troughton out and replace him? And the name that keeps coming to my head is Russell McLean. Um, that Peter Head, now, I mean, we've talked about him till we're blue in the face. He is still on the transfer list at Peter Head. He didn't find another club. He clearly wanted to go full-time and is not going to get that opportunity. Surely we've got to break the bank and try and bring somebody like that in. Got to. I think it's hard. Anytime we have any link with players from the north of Scotland, I immediately just go down the route of... They don't... You know, I think most of these guys are kind of settled up there and that's that's where they're going to move about. I just... I mean, how often do we send guys from Peterhead, Inverness? All but these he, sort of he might not actually be from up there, though. No, no, I get that. I get that. Um, but again, whether he wants to drop down. I think, I mean, for me, Graham McDonald's Christmas list is a centre-half, two new fullbacks. I mean, this isn't going to happen, but this is, what, this is where I would be. Centre-half, two new fullbacks, and, yeah... A, a, a tall type striker. I, I mean, going back to Shepard, I think he's declining a bit for me in, in the last sort of few weeks. I think he... His touch is so poor, really. I mean, he get, he puts himself about and he'll always warm the heart because he's a, he's a proper workhorse and he'll 
you know, get stuck in about defenders, but I just think we're missing that little bit of quality to make it stick up top. Like he never, he doesn't hold up well enough for me at times. But equally, we're not playing to strength. Um, I, I'll, I'll stick up for him here. I don't think we play to strengths. And I also think that there's potentially, and I don't know if this is the case or not, but there's potentially an issue there where he knows his position's safe because there's nobody to come on. When Shivoni's yeah. uh, yeah. there, he's maybe been like, all right, I need to get a real rock out of my ass here because he's going to come and take my place. Trouton, to me, needs to be better. He has to be better. The amount of challenges that I see him not going for or half-heartedly going for is baffling to me. Now, if I'm him at his age, he's probably like, I don't want to get risk, uh, get injured. I believe he's like a PT or something like that. So he probably can't afford to get injured because then he can't work on for his five or, or on his personal yeah, life. So there's maybe aspects of that. But equally, if that's the case, then why are you still playing? Now this this is spec this is speculation. I don't know if it's true, but I mean for me he's he's picked up a couple of like token bookings for for silly late tackles and stuff like that. But there's have been a few times that, that I've seen him getting a ball where if he'd gambled for or went for that 50-50, you've got a good chance of getting it. I'm not going to say you're definitely going to get it because then it wouldn't be a 50-50. But um, you know, really I want to see more from him. Um I think there must be two or three players in our team who are also PTs. Because um, I don't think that's uh, just an Alan Trouton problem. I think there's two or three players that I would name who do not like a tackle. I think you're, what we're alluding to about the quality on the bench and, and the names on the bench makes it very comfortable as a starter in that team right now. You know, there's I don't see many players who are waking up on a, whether it's a Thursday, waking up on a Thursday evening? Waking up on a Thursday morning to go to training with, learning whether they're going to play or not. I don't think there's many worried that they're not going to start right now because there's there's really nothing to come in. Which again, it's nobody's fault really. We just didn't weren't able to get bulk up the squad enough. So I guess that's where January is going to be. Quite our last our last three transfer windows have probably been the worst in the last ten years at the club. So if you think about the the first of the three was the. Andrew Osea Bonsu window. Um, the second um, of the three was the Ryan Blair window. And the third window, um, you know, we've, we've added some players to our squad, but really a lot of youth and, and experience. So it's this one has to be right. I, I, don't, I don't think that ultimately we could afford it to be wrong. And, and afford could potentially be the, the killer question here. I don't know what the, the position of the club's finances are. I'm, I'm not privy to that. But if we've got the budget that, that Crawford said they had, that you know Greg McDonald's saying he has, uh, they have to add quality. We can't have another 19, 18-year-old novice. We've got to go and do what, what Darren did a couple of years ago and, and bring in a Chris Higgins that isn't playing it here. Go and spend £400 a week and bring him in. Yeah, go and do that. He's an experienced defender for me. Like, yeah, you know, you can go down the list and say, it'd be nice to have that, be nice to have that. But for me, like you said earlier, it's not necessarily a problem with scoring goals that we've got. It's a problem with conceding goals. And, you know, we're, we're talking about the types of goals we concede and how we're playing. An experienced, probably centre half, that's not going to solve all our problems. But I think that's where you get that's where we'll get the most benefit from. And I know, again, it's that it's that thing. Like, look, if there's a guy out there who's exactly fitting our bill, a dozen other teams will want him. Um, but maybe if there is if there is money to spend and we do want to push it a little bit, I think that's the position where we'd get the most from it, definitely. Yeah. And it's not, it's, not a, it's not a criticism of Steel and Denham. I mean, Steel, Steel can play... Fullback, we know that. I think they're decent players, but I think asking them to 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 carry the team from that position, you know, it's it's one of the basics of football. Uh, an experienced centre half that's going to talk to the defence and organise the defence. We always want that. Yeah, basically, Greg McDonald needs Greg McDonald. I was just thinking that himself yeah. from fifteen years ago. Well, then, I, I, I was, <laughs> al I was yeah. also thinking that when he arrived as assistant. He was looking more like me than Greg McDonald. 
you know, a little bit of a belly. He's definitely trimmed down. I think he's on his way back. Let's hope so. Let's hope <laughs> so. If, if not, could we maybe... I, I think, like, there's a, a few of these five fans that are in uh, science-based roles. I'm pretty sure Laura Anderson's in a science-based role. Heath Malcolm's in a science-based role. Can you guys maybe put your heads together and see if we could, like, clone Greg or Johnny Smart or Stephen Tweed from, like, a few years ago and see if we could just replicate them, say, around 24, 25? That would genuinely be great. Clone Greg McDonald and then also make another clone alter its DNA to make it left-footed. Fullback problem solved. Oh, jobs are good, in Doug. You want to know what? You could solve a lot of those problems with this simplicity. I I, I do think, although we bemoan personnel, uh, for me yesterday, there was a, it's a, there's also a definite lack of just shape. Do you know what I mean? And I don't think that's just down to players. I'm not slagging Graham McDonald here because it was the same under Crawford, but there's got to be a way you can get into the fullbacks' heads about getting back in a position and getting that solid four line, you know, there because we're losing every goal from it, and that can't be just unless the players just can't be asked, you know, getting back in a position or whatever. I don't see how that can't be a thing where it's drilled that you get back into your shape and you defend from there. But it's been a problem all season, and it's killing us at the moment. Just. One final point before we go on about and, and do our three two ones. I want to talk about post match interviews, right? And you know, it's Greg, very very good talker. We know that Stevie Crawford was a good talker, um, and I wonder sometimes if they're too nice in their post match interviews because after yesterday, I would really want to not see like. Billy Brown levels of age, right? But I want to see a bit of seed from a manager in games like yesterday. And, I mean, if it was me, I would be coming out saying there's a few players playing for their future. There's a few players that, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the January transfer market and if these boys are wanting to start, um, then they need to start blocking up their ideas because it could be their positions that I'm looking at and really try and maybe light a fire under them a wee bit. I think sometimes a few of the players get a pass because they're a bit young, but ultimately, if you're old enough, you're good enough. And if if they're holding down a, a shirt at, at East Fife FC or at any club, they need to be able to take the flack that, that, that comes with that. And that, I just want to see a bit more speed. But do you want, I mean, should that be someone he's doing in post-match interviews with the media? Like, I think you're right. I think he he clearly tries to come off as kind of protective of the players in these interviews. But for me, the place that he should be doing that stuff is when he's talking to them behind closed doors. There maybe is a few players where if they're not playing well enough, you want them to come out and say that. You know, he can't treat them all with kid gloves all the time. But, you know, do you want them coming out and saying that in public? I think he's, he's clearly making a decision that I'm going to kind of protect the players when I speak about them in public. But for me, if he's being a bit more harsh, he should be doing that one-on-one behind closed doors. So I I, I don't want him coming out and raging in interviews and stuff, I don't think. Uh, I'll I'll word this very carefully, but is is there not also something to do with the line of questioning? I think the line of questioning is always very, very glass half full. Like, oh, if that had happened, we would have won. Or, you know, there's, it's, it's, it's very positive, even in defeat. And I wonder whether slightly trickier questions could be asked in post-match interviews. I get that. But then, obviously, like, the people that work at East Fife TV are, are fans. So No, no, that's what I mean. I think it is difficult, whereas maybe if they had you know, somebody along for the college or something like that, that was maybe not scared to put a question on them. But then equally, you know, Greg's within his rights to say, well, I'm not going to answer that. I don't think he would because, you know, when we've had him in the show, I offered to send them questions in advance just to, to, to speak to the character of Greg. I was like, look, I can send you all the questions in advance if you want. So, you know, the questions are coming up. He's like, no, he's like, I, I want honesty and I want to, to come across as being honest and nothing to come across as rehearsed. So I think that he's definitely an honest, heart on his sleeve guy, but... Like I say, this wasn't a, a dig at Greg because Crawford was the same, but I just want them to come out and say, well, actually, that wasn't good enough. And it's not, the, 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 even if you're not digging out individuals, but it's not the standard that I expect for any player that's representing East 5 FC. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think Gordon's probably right. It's maybe not necessarily the time to do it in front of a camera, but he'll maybe be very much doing that in the dressing room afterwards. You know, it's it's difficult to to tell. But no, I think, um, yeah, he's, he's still very hard not to like, I must say, Craig, interviews, but speaks very well. And yeah, don't, I have nothing more to say on said matter. Well, look, like I say, we've got Bonnie Rigg at home, the, the, the return of King Kev again, who will naturally probably bang a hat trick next week. But just while we wait on Gordon touching himself or whatever it is that he's doing, come back up to this, um, let's go to our 3 to one Shall we do our 3 to one gentlemen? Um, just to paraphrase yourself, Doug Perry, yeah. and I will let you go first. Okay, I really struggled with this. Um, and I've given one to Denham, just because he scored his first goal. Uh, I thought he had a. it was a very difficult game for both of them. And while he didn't do everything brilliantly, at least he got a goal and he was in the right place, so I'll give him a point. I've given two Alan Fleming, made a couple of saves, didn't do much wrong. And I've given the three to Jack Healy, even though I found him quite frustrating yesterday, but I think everything that we did quite well was through him. And he was the only sort of exciting light. I think my only thing with Jack would be it's almost the curse of scoring three or four wonder goals. It's that I'm going to cut inside and hit this thing when there was a few times there was a lot better options available. But it, that's hard. to you, you almost don't want to coach that out of him in many ways as well because it does come up trumps now and again. But as I say, he's a bright spark. And I think with a bit more coaching gets in, he'll. I don't think he'll be with us much for, for too long, to be honest. The good news is we've just signed him a new contract, so we'll be able to command a fee. I think he'll leave in the summer. Yeah, I think that's purely what it is to get a better fee. Yeah, and, and rightly so, it's good business. Yeah, absolutely. Gordo, uh, pretty similar. Um, one point I gave to Ferguson, I'd kind of said that he didn't have his best of games, but I think he set a pretty high standard recently, and it wasn't quite as good yesterday, but he had a few bits and pieces. Um, that were all right. Uh, two, Alan Fleming as well. Uh, penalty save, obviously good. I, I don't particularly blame him for the goals. I think he was kind of, you know, left a wee bit. Yeah. And three points to Jack Healy. Um, I mean, similar. Not the best game he's had for us. And yeah, maybe he does, you know, he is trying to score one of these wonder goals a little bit too much, but I thought he did. You know, although the, he missed that chance, and Doug's already said, and we were saying at the game as well, I think that was a good save. I mean, he'll want to have scored it, but I think he kind of did. He did what you should be doing in that in that position, and I thought he was kind of our most dangerous player yesterday. It's funny how you could watch games and, and come away with, with different opinions, isn't it? Um, so I have went for... One point for Kieran Miller. I just kind of thought that he was the only person that really showing a bit of dig yesterday. Um, as always, he's, he's, he's your seven out of ten every week. We, we say it quite regularly. Um, I gave my two points to Scott Shepherd, who again, I, I feel like I say this all the time, but he always just gives you effort, and you know you never really see him. In fact, a fan around me the other day said, like I said, that he always gives you 100%. He's like, well, that's the minimum you should expect. If I'm not giving you 100%, then they shouldn't be on the pitch. So I get that point, but equally, maybe Scott Shepard gives you 105 because um, he, he doesn't ever stop running and he's, he's, his desire um, is, is enough to get it for me. And I gave three points to, to Fleming because without him yesterday, I actually made a few good saves, which I think a lot of people forgot about. Um, there was two or three really good saves that, that that avoided yesterday being not just a defeat, but a royal humping. So um, despite conceding three goals, he's getting three points from me as well as Mr. Fleming. One one final point in the game, and I don't know if you guys were were still in the ground at the point. In fact, Doug, you walked out just a wee bit ahead of me yesterday. Um, the atmosphere at full time yesterday was one of the weirdest things I've experienced in a very long time at a football game because there was no Annan fans, so they didn't cheer. And there was just silence. A couple of boos, but apart from that, silence. And the players trudged off. It was very strange. Did any of you see that happening? 
Uh, inter- no, I, I, well, I mean, I did notice when Annan scored, it was weird because it was like, oh, mm-hmm. like I hadn't looked. Normally I stand up and have a wee look over and see, but I never actually looked. And so when they scored, it was like, oh, there was like n- almost nothing. And you, mm-hmm. you wonder how many fans they are taking to other away grounds. Yeah. I mean, Again, don't want don't to come back to 18 quid, but I think fans will not come to Bayview because it's 18 pounds away fans. There's every no, chance that they've, they've sort of went, well, we're not coming. Based you also had two, two World Cup games on yesterday. Yeah. So, you know, I went, we went to the game, missed the first one, got back home, watched the second one. If you're coming up from Annan, that's two World Cup games you're missing. And you may well think, you know, a day's worth of travelling, £18 to watch Annan versus East Fife, or I could sit at home, buy a few beers, watch Holland and Argentina. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, you pay an £18 pound to come to Methyl. Like, um, but that's all for the, the game yesterday. Doug Perry, back on Twitter. Welcome to your not, social not, media. Not back on Twitter, just went, I've never been on Twitter until oh, well, recently. I'll rephrase. Doug Perry, welcome to Twitter. Um, this is 2022 and not 2013, but congratulations. Do you, um, do you know what it was? It was solely down to, like, if you, if as a non-Twitter user, if you go on East Fife's Twitter, you can maybe scroll down about three things and it blocks you and asks you to log in. And I was doing a couple of things that was just frustrating me. So, I mean, I, I think I follow about three things and that's about you, it. And you it's just the podcast and Babe Station. But it's, it's amazing how quickly, as a non-social media for the last few months, you realise how awful it is and filled with utter crap. But I'm quite enjoying that aspect. But So someone can contact me now. I actually have no idea what my <laughs> Twitter thing is. So... Yeah. I can probably tell you, but you, you tweeted us yesterday. Well, I did. Today. Um, around, uh, so, Doug, if you want to follow um, Doug Perry on Twitter, it's Perry underscore Doug. Not Perry as in the Nando's one, P-I-R-I-E underscore Doug. And he was tagging us in a young guy that's playing for Bonus Athletic, who, as we enter into December, has scored 40 goals so far this season. Uh, Tiwi Daramola. What, what, what caught your eye about that? Because he's, he's scored 40 goals. <laughs> yes, thank you very much. I wanted to he, make that he, also scored, he, he scored a double hat-trick the other week. Um, you know, and that's, that's not millions of levels below us, is it? Um, bonus? Well, maybe two or three below. No, it's not it's like tragically below. Bonus Athletic, I think they're right down at the bottom of the East of Scotland. What's the other yeah. bonus? Bonus United. Ah, let's give him a week's trial. He's a, it turns out he plays for a pub team, but, let, but let's get him on. Let's, I mean, Sean Brown worked out okay, so it might be worthwhile. <laughs> I mean, he'll always have a place in my heart, quad B, but I don't know if he did well. No, I was clearly being tongue in cheek there. He was fucking awful, though, let's be honest. Whoa, um, and now that's, that's too aggressive. <laughs> it's not. Um, however, um, TB Daramola is followed on Twitter by Joe Baldi, so maybe we could get Agent Baldi to have a word to, to bring him in. But I'm also hoping these guys, like Taylor Stephen and um, Liam Parker, Joe Baldi are going back and be like, one boys, let's go just come along East Fife and give us a dig out because we need all the help we can get. I mean, basically, just what you're, what you're advocating for is like a, a player's bring along a pal day. Yes, I like that. <laughs> I like that. Let's maybe make that happen. Um, there's about to be a few players as well that are uh, currently out of a club or whatever, not a club that could, we could just be like, Mon, Mon, just come and give us a wee dig out. Yeah. See what we can get. I wonder um, if any of them have got like Gid pals though. <laughs> no. it's I like, certainly don't have any of them, so... Scott Shepherd's like, oh, here's my pal Stephen Tarditi. Oh, <laughs> Come on, Tardis, let's go play. No, no, let's hope not. Um, although, did any of you see Scott Young's um, SPFL interview and he picked his five aside teams and left yeah, it Joker, which was absolute sacrilege. Also, also a lot of defenders in there. Yeah, it was terrible. Does he not get how? No, does he not get out five? Say, I'll go and speak to him. He's out the window. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was terrible. 
It's one of the worst five-side teams in the history of five, let alone... In- I mean, that is massively harsh. Scott Fox. Scott Fox was good. Greg McDonald, good. Stephen Tweed, good. Ah, hold on, um, hold on, hold on, hold on. Stephen Tweed and Greg McDonald wouldn't make great five-a-side players. I know, eh? You're the, looking the, at Scott. He's going for a 1-0. He's going for yeah. a 1-0. He'd want a, well, exactly, that's so negative. Yeah. <laughs> I want all that I feel like Bobby Lynn would be a stick on for a five a side team. Would be an unbelievable five a side. Like three centre halves. Yeah. Devmuir was a centre mid, to be fair. Devmuir was yeah. a centre mid. But he said he was going. He was going for a. He was going for local players, which was his answer to that. But then I was like, I don't think that Stephen Tweed or Graham McDonald are local. But I'll, I'll just be quiet. Yeah, again, guys, um, feel free to tweet Scott Young and tell him that his team is shite. Um, but send us in yours. What would your five a side East Fife? Um, team B, there was a few on the, the social media which I quite like the, the look of. I actually thought his five-a-side team thing aside that his interview was, was pretty good and if you've not seen it, go, go and have a wee look at it. But apart from that level of shite, is there anything else on social media that you guys have seen this week, Doug, now that you're back on Twitter? Uh, n- no. Social media is still awful, but it's fine. Gordo? Um... I suppose just World Cup stuff. It was a bit, a good bit of fun with the uh, Japan goal, the ball over the line sort of stuff. Yes. Some good stuff getting made there. But Not for that, me because I had Germany in the work sweep. So, uh, but um, no, mostly. I mean, this week it's just been all watching football. No time for anything else, basically. And one final question before I wrap up the back two final questions before I wrap up the show. Have you ever felt more Senegalese in your life, gentlemen? Uh, no, no. Senegal, my brother was telling me. Apparently, they're, they're, the correct pronunciation is Senegal, and all the TV people have been overly emphasising that it's Senegal and not Senegal. Okay, uh, how do you that? Have you felt ever felt more Senegalese in your life than Doug? No, I never heard of them. <laughs> uh, uh, I oh, it's it's getting worse. It's getting worrying. I say this every World Cup, but I think it, I think it is quite worrying. I think if they, I think they'll beat Senegal, but and then you just hope that France beat them. If France don't, then they'll get to the final, and then you just hope that Argentina or Brazil put them out. I think if England get Argentina, England win the World Cup because <laughs> Argentina haven't been good at all. I think Brazil are definitely decent. Um, but I think this could I mean I genuinely think there's a chance that Senegal might beat England tonight because I think although England have been okay I mean they were awful against USA they were awful against USA Wales were dog meat and um, Iran are you know an average side so as per usual England have got a, a fairly easy run at it I fancy Senegal to run them fairly close tonight and if they do win it'll be maybe by a goal I think it'll be close I think Senegal, yeah. I'm not going to call them Senegal Senegal are a, a good team uh, and they're a tough team I don't I don't think England are going to run over the top of them by any means um, but I, I think England will have enough to win tonight um, if they win they'll play France and I think France are looking very very good uh, How good were France today? Oh yeah, and back Kelly, oh, unreal. It was yeah, he was he was excellent, particularly in the, the second half today. But well, enough of the World Cup chat. The, the fans have spoken and they didn't want us to talk too much about that. So let's honour that. Let's honour that and, and not go too much into the, the the World Cup wormhole. But that's been all from, from Glory Days ago this week. We tried to, to keep it to a bit of an hour. These boys are desperate to go and watch England. I'm going to go and watch paint dry or something. I have no interest in watching them whatsoever. Although I think the wife's want to put up the Christmas tree, which might force me into watching the England game, actually. Um, aside of that, though, we are at home next week against Bonnie Rig Rose. Um, the club have reached out to us and asked to give a mention to the Goldmine Lotto. Um, which is available to be played every week so make sure you do that all the proceeds obviously go to the club and there's a chance to win a bit of cash for yourself so please go on and do so as always um, you guys will mostly know now that I'm looking after things um, commercially for these five in terms of trying to bring in as much money as we can to, to invest into the, the club if if you know of anybody that could potentially be interested in, in supporting these five with some advertising etc please do send them my way 
Um, or Scott Youngsby, if you prefer him to me, that's absolutely fine. I don't really care. Um, but if you do want to support us in any way like that, then please do. Anything that you want to talk to us about for the show next week, send us in your, your East 5 5 side teams. I'll be interested to hear that. Gordon and Doug, I want you guys to, to come prepared for the show next week with with yours. And apart from that, that's that's all from Glory Days Gold this week. Thanks for listening as always. Really appreciate it. We're fastly approaching episode 100, which we'll hopefully squeeze in before the new year. We've got some, some ideas for that too. But thanks for listening again. Take care. And more importantly, one to five. Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course better, all conquering East Fife. As I made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road, to sing my songs for the boys in black and gold, I heard the stories about 1938. I was just a boy and you had have to wait Now there's broken dreams and what might have been at that stadium by the shore But those glory days ago might return once more